Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. There's an exciting new podcast out from Gimlet, Resistance. Inspired by this summer's protests, these are new stories from the front lines of the movement for black lives, told by the generation fighting for change, hosted by Saeed Tejan Thomas Jr. Resistance is out now on Spotify. Take a sneak peek. Listen here. When the protests started this summer, I decided not to join. The main reason was that I didn't want to be let down again. I've been here before. I've marched, I've yelled, and not much changed. But when I did finally go out there, I found some people and stories that got me thinking about this movement in a much different way. And I want to show you. My new podcast, Resistance, is out now. Follow and listen on Spotify. It's Black Lives, baby. What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing today? It's me, Ed Lover. Welcome to Come On, Son, the podcast. It's another funky, funky, funky episode that I got lined up for y'all today. Well, the reason why I'm doing this uh, podcast via Zoom calls because I got a very special guest joining me today, which I will, uh, I'll bring him in in a little while, all right? He's not quite here yet. But before we start this podcast, this podcast is being done on Veterans Day. And I want to say happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there that have served our country very well and have done an amazing, uh, a very amazing job of serving our country. So um, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans. My dad was a veteran. My father-in-law was a veteran. I see many people on Instagram posts and all that saluting the veterans. So if anybody in your family was a veteran, I salute that veteran. Um, also, I want to say rest in peace to a few people. Um, first and foremost, rest in peace to my man, Sean from New York City, from Harlem. Me and Sean were really good friends when I was, his brother lived on my block, his brother Gary lived on my block. So I wanna say uh, rest in peace to Sean, died at 55 years old, incarcerated, and that's not a way to die. So rest in peace to my man, Sean. Also rest in peace to a dude that I came to know working with him on Power 105. Uh, he goes by the name of DJ Spinbad. So I wanna say rest in peace to Spinbad, gone at 46 years old. And last but certainly not least, a young man who I knew of, never had the pleasure of really meeting him, but one time, very briefly, um, he's from Chicago, um, grew up on Old Block, where I go to church at, right there at New Beginnings Church in Chicago. 
um, Pastor Corey Brooks, shout out to you. He went by the name of King Vaughn, and uh, he was killed here in Atlanta at the age of 26 in front of Monaco hookah spot right down Peter Street. I know Peter Street very well. And um, the kid was really, you know, his album was dropping, I think it drops this week. He's getting himself together, getting his life together. And the reason why he left out of Chicago is so that he could stay away from what was going on with the gangs and all the stuff that, you know, unfortunately for him that he was involved with one way or another. So rest in peace to King Vaughn and, and a big salute goes out to everybody that was a fan of his and a big salute goes out to the city of Chicago. Big salute goes out to his family. May his soul rest in eternal peace. It is way, way too much. Too much going on, man. Way too much. Um, big keep your head up to my daughter, Summer, who's quarantined because somebody on her track team had COVID-19. She's not even positive. And they quarantined my baby for 14 days, and baby is going to be all right. That's my youngest daughter, Summer. So um, big shout out to a lot of stuff going on, man. I don't know if y'all have a chance to, to, to jump on this new app that I'm on and a lot of people is talking about it right now. Uh, once again, I say get on. It's called Clubhouse. It's like a gigantic chat room and um, different subjects come up, different things. It's, it's, it's quite entertaining. So I'm, I'm kind of like addicted to Clubhouse right now a little bit. I'll be on there a lot. So if y'all see Come On Son, there's a room on there and you get on there please come in and it's a place to vent. It's a place to say whatever you want to say. But the last time I talked to y'all, we didn't have a president-elect, and now we do. President-elect Joe Biden and uh, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Now, what's crazy about that, especially more so than Joe Biden, I'll get to that in a minute, is Kamala Harris is the first woman of color, okay, to sit in a vice presidential seat. It's the first woman that, first black person from HBCU to sit in that seat. And the first woman from uh, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated to hold that title of Vice President of the United States. And, uh, and Joe Biden won the majority of the popular vote and he won 290 electoral college votes. So he is president-elect and come January 20th of 2021, he will be sworn in as president of the United States, much to the chagrin of our one-term president, Donald Trump. And the reason why I say ours is because that's what the American people wanted and that's what the American people got. I am not one that's going to let a difference of opinion make me not want to be who I am. Like I can disagree with conservative Republicans and they can disagree with my pretty centrist attitude towards governing, and it's cool. But we're not going to get to the point where we're calling names, and we're not going to get to the point where we're hating each other. And I don't think this country is going to do itself any good by getting to the point where we're trying to kill each other over who's the president of the United States. Because whoever is the president of the United States is just going to be the president of the United States. Vote. We turned out heavy on the vote. New voters, you did your thing. You, you, you registered. You came out. You sent a clear message that the country needs to come together again and enough of this divisiveness. But still, there's people, you know, every time I say something like that, like, but still, a rhyme jumps into my head for some rapper, you know, but still everything is real in the field. 
What you can't have now, leave in your will. That's from, from uh, the Benjamins, from the locks, right? Everything is real in the field. And Trump and his fellow Republicans that believe in him are still want, wanting to contest the results of the elections for 2020. That's their God-given rights to. I don't think they have a leg to stand on. Uh, I saw something where Van Jones was talking about the possibilities and the ways that this thing can be reversed. I really don't think we're going to get to that point. I hope we don't get to that point. And uh, I should say this, if we get to that point, shame on America, because you cannot take the vote away from the people that voted. It's our right to vote. We cast our vote. That's what we said. I wouldn't be on here bitching and moaning and talking about shooting anybody or killing anybody. If Trump was elected president, I'd be like, wow, is that really what the American people wanted? And, and a lot of people in America did want Trump for another term. But the majority said no. It wasn't, it wasn't Joe Biden didn't win by a landslide. Okay, votes were being counted. He won the popular vote. He didn't beat him by a landslide. It's just that the majority of Americans felt the way I felt. And a lot of you felt that, hey, man, it's, it's, it's just time to move on. One term and you're gone. Now, I'm hearing rumblings about him running again in 2024. That's what you want to do, though? Fine. Okay, but your time from 2016 to 2020, 2020, is over with. And if you were a decent type dude, you would just give it up. Concede, walk away with your class, well, you didn't have to hear that. Walk away with dignity. You've shown little empathy or sympathy for anybody, so I don't know if dignity is a word that we can even associate with uh, former President Donald Trump because he will be the former president. You got like two months later, let, left to go, and then uh, you're out of here. What I would love to see, and I doubt if I'm going to see this, but this is just for my own shits and giggles. I would like to see him barricade himself inside the White House. And I would like to see them throw him out the way Jazzy Jeff gets thrown out every episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, physically. The way Tupac and I got thrown out of Magic City along with Stretch, physically. I would love to see that, but I know I'm not gonna see that. I know I'm not gonna see that. He's not gonna concede, he's not gonna sit down with Joe Biden, do a smooth transition. That's just not who he is. As a narcissist, he's just not that person. So expect for these next two months to be interesting. But we do have a brand new president-elect, and his name is Joseph R. Biden. And we have a brand new vice president-elect. Her name is Kamala Harris. So that's what we got to live with, folks. Whether you voted for Trump or whether you voted for Biden, these are the results. In the words of Curtis Blow, these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up, break down. Boom, 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 Okay, so let me once again say rest in peace to everybody I said rest in peace to. Let me, again, let me say once again that this whole thing here, this whole podcast, is always oversaw or the overseer as I like to say, it's Combat Jack. Jack gave me my start in podcasting along with Premium Pete, A. King, Loudspeakers Network. Big shout out to y'all all the time. Love from the heart. Love from the heart. Now, let me get to my guest today. 
you see this background behind me it says certified well that's a new show that i'm working on and um he's in with in conjunction with him and my partner in crime for a long time dr dre this guy goes by the name of t money okay t450 style launch is his company t money is the man who invented the lover dance i didn't invent that T Money was your mailman on your MTV Raps, and he worked with Dr. Dre closely. He was a part of Original Concept that gave us hits like Pump That Bass. He's around Public Enemy when they first started. He was on the air at WBAU. He has a long history in the music business, period. And, uh, we did this show certified together. We're still working on to see who's going to pick it up. So I was like, damn, I got this podcast. I mean, who better to talk to in this podcast than my man T Money? So we are just waiting for T Money to come in, get down, and we are going to get this thing going as soon as T Money signs in, man. I'm, I'm waiting on T Money right now. And once T Money signs in, we good to go. You know what I mean? That's 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 what we waiting on. We waiting on my man T Money. It's the only thing I'm waiting on right now. So it's just been, man. Let me tell y'all something. While we wait for T Money, there's been so much, so many things happening. It's just been sometimes it's mind boggling, y'all. It's, it gets crazy. Like I can't even explain what things that are going on, man. Chicago is going through their worst part of the pandemic ever. You know, I work in Chicago at 104.3 Jams. Chicago's number one for throwbacks. But since March, I've been doing it from home. Um, just been working from home since March. And uh, the reason why I've been working from home, because in March, we had notified that somebody that was in our building had COVID. And things happened and things got switched around. And they, you know, most radio on-air personalities right now are working from home. Like, there's a lot of us that are not even in the studio. And... I was on Windy City Live yesterday, a very, very popular um, show in Chicago. Big shout out to Ryan and big shout out to Val for having me on again. And I was on there yesterday. And while I was on there yesterday, I was shocked that they didn't have an audience. Like they're back in the studio, but they make sure that they keep them six feet apart from each other. And they, they weren't even, uh, they didn't have a studio audience. If you watch football, there's no fans in the stand. Uh, NBA was played in the bubble. Baseball was played with really no fans in the stands, you know, even the World Series and everything. So everybody's trying to, you know, social distance as much as they can. And that's the way it is for us at the radio station. We had a very small studio in Chicago, Jen BT, myself, and our super producer, and now co-star the Ad Love Morning Show, Krista, was uh, in that small studio together. So once someone on our staff was COVID-19 positive, you know, we were told, I was told, because I was already in Atlanta, hey, stay there. So I do my thing every day, just like I'm sitting there, but I'm in Atlanta broadcasting back into Chi-Town. It is what it is, man. This is, the, this is the new normal, you know? This is the new normal. So let me introduce my guest to y'all, the one and only Yo Mailman. My man T Money is in the building. T, what's good, brother? 
Okay, he's connecting his audio. Want to make sure I ain't got him muted. No, I don't. He's connecting. What up, brother? Can, I can't hear you. Can you? Can Oh, wait a minute. Let me make sure I got you. Okay. I got you. How you doing, brother? Do you hear me now? Yes, brother. Welcome to Come On Son, the podcast, brother. What's happening, man? What's going on? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I should have kept my certified background, but you know, <laughs> I didn't put it on right now. So we we still certified, don't matter what the background, right? We are absolutely certified, my brother. Welcome to Come On Son, the podcast, bro. And I'm honored. I'm honored to be on my brother's podcast. Trust me. I just I decided to do this when we you know we started doing certified. I said you know at first I said I want to get you and Dre on the mm -hmm. podcast together, and then I said you know what I'm gonna do these dudes individually because they both had individual stories to tell. Man, let's right, go right. back. Let's go back to early T, and I'm talking about a, before original concept. How did how did you get interested? How did Tyrone get interested in hip hop? Well, when I was a kid, I had a lot of influences in my house. We'll talk. My mother, um, she was a beauty queen contestant. She was she won you know beauty pageants, and my father was, you know, he, he was really heavy on the scene of music. Like he used to hang out with all the old heads, like Johnny Mathis and my father were real close. Oh, you know, wow. but I used to hear all different types of influences as far as music is concerned in my house. And you know, when when hip hop started coming around, I started taping. I I used to go to um, you know. You're familiar with groups like King Charles and, um, you know, Grandmaster Flash and all these Absolutely. people. I used to go to the events Absolutely. and I used to tape um, all my, you know, I used to bring a little radio and I used to, you know, record and bring the tapes to the hood and everybody used to like buy them from me and all that stuff. So I, I got into hip hop really early on. And then I started DJing in my house and my parents had this big, you ever had one of those big home stereos that you open the top, there's a big wood stereo. Right, yeah, totally. and it's also a radio, and it plays records. So I, I used that with the volume controls, and I had the little other turntable on top of the wood part. So I would fake DJ, you know, for my parents' parties because they used to have these crazy parties when I was young. Man, my parents partied in the house like crazy. Now you know, like the basement was packed. They'd be playing pool, you know, because we had pool table in our house, right. smoking a lot. Of Smoking a lot of cigarettes, smoking whatever. I, I don't know. Back then, I didn't know what they were smoking. You know what I'm saying? But it it was on and popping at the time. So I used to play music after um, after a certain time. I would I would go to sleep. So and then they would let the recorder. You know how you had the stack mm -hmm. on the top, and they would just drop one forty five and drop another. Right. You know. So before that, I was DJing. They let me DJ, and that's how I kind of got into it. Then. Later on, when hip hop started growing and you know DJs became more prevalent, my father brought me my first system. Like I actually had turntables and you know mixer and oh, wow. all the other stuff. And I and I linked up with a group down the street, which was kind of funny because they lived around the corner from Dre, which was crazy. But they were the first cast in the in the hood. They were actually doing something. They were DJing. So I linked up with them, and I you know I guess I got I felt I started feeling myself. So then I left them because they were corny, and then me and Dre linked up in school, and then we we became a DJ group because I already knew Dre. I knew Dre from fifth grade, which was, which was crazy. I, I knew Dre since fifth grade. We were in Miss Bundy's class together. Oh wow! Ask him about that. He was SL Miss Bundy. <laughs> you know. So, so yeah, that's, that's when we started DJing. When you and yeah. Dre linked up, were y'all just DJing together, or was, or were y'all laying the, the uh, 
framework for original concept? Well, first of all, it wasn't original concept at first. It was just the concept crew. So, you know, everybody had that. Remember back then when you used to go to the Avenue, you used to get the Playboy bunny on your shirt and yeah, you, know, you had the crew name on the back. So we had a whole crew of people. It was, it was me, it was, it was Dre, it was, um, you know, we had rappers, we had, we had, we had even had chicks. We had go-go dancing chicks. You know, they weren't go-go dancers, but just we had like, we had chicks hanging out with us. It was just like, we had a whole crew right. with the shirts and we did our thing, you know what I mean? So, and we used to do these big parties in the park and everything like that. So, back, um, then, original- back then that's what it was because I was doing, I was MC Eddie D and the MC crew was my sister and all the girls on my block because I right. looked at what Woody Wood and Sonny Chiba and all mm-hmm. of them was doing, and they always had that call and response thing. So everybody had right. a crew. So if you had a crew and girls was around your crew, they wore the mm-hmm. crew shirts and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you, it, it was about you being popular, you know, because um, right. you know, I was already a popular kid in school because I played sports. I was, a, you know, I was a good athlete, you know, and I was known for that. But then when I started getting into the music, it was like, you know, my popularity just went through the roof at that time. So. You know, and, you know, it was just something that you wanted to do. You you know, you did that because you wanted girls around. That's what Dre, Dre would tell you that, that, you know, we wanted girls around and we wanted to, you know, enjoy our time as DJs and being, you know, prevalent in the neighborhood, you know. Um, but then once we became really popular in the neighborhood, we, we, we graduated from high school and then we went on to college. And once we went on to college, um, Dre went to Adelphi. I went to New York Tech. We were doing radio. We were still doing events together in Nassau County, Long Island. And once we got on the radio station at Delphi University, that's when um, the idea of original concepts started formulating because Dre was on the radio, so was I. We were all doing the show, the operating room. And um, Rick Rubin heard um, the song that we did called Knowledge Me. It was a promo on the radio station and he wanted to actually give us the deal from there. So, so Knowledge Me was actually just a promo. Yeah, it was, it was a radio station promo, right. Do y'all remember putting that promo together? Oh, yeah, no question. It, it was just really something that we did in Dre's basement, you know, because Dre at that time had bought some a little bit of a recording equipment. We had a four track and we and we just put it together for the station. We, you know, Dre would put together promos for the station in his house. Mm-hmm. So we, we did that. When we put together Knowledge Me, it was crazy. And we got the idea from um, Keith Shockley from, um, from Public Enemy, the, the Bomb Squad, mm-hmm. you know, because he used to talk like this and he used to be like, yo, what's up, cuz? What's happening with you, brother? And I was like, yo, I'm going to do that like in, in a rhyme style, you know what I mean? And make it a record. And to be honest with you, we would just, yo, let me tell you something, man. Back then when you were young, you just do stuff, bro. You, you, don't, you don't care about what you're doing. You're just out there. You're just doing it. And later on, you realize, you say, how much of an impact it, it happened, had. Because Knowledge Me, that record is like one of the most sampled beats in hip-hop history. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah so y'all just did Knowledge Me. Who contacted who? Did Rick Rubin contact y'all? Um, yeah, Rick Rubin contacted us because of our affiliation. We also had affiliations with, you know, we were always around Run DMC. Run DMC would come to the radio station all the time. Um, if you see, sometimes we see in pictures um, that you see Run in pictures with Chuck D, Run in pictures with Dre. Right. Uh, they would always come to, to um, WBAU because WBAU at the time was like one of the biggest alternatives to commercial radio at the time. Now keep in mind, there's no... There's no internet radio. There's no podcast like there's you're no running hip, yourself. There's, there's no hip hop on the radio on a regular basis. Right. And, and then you had WHBI. WHBI was doing this thing with Mr. Magic. But then Long Island had his own thing with WBAU. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, and, and what it was was that 
why WBLU became so strong and popular is because the, the signal, you can hear our radio station from Long Island all the way to parts of Brooklyn. Yeah. So, you know, and, and keep in mind, that's free radio at the time. It was like, and then we were interviewing big artists, man. We interviewed Karis One, Fat Boys, um, as you were, as, as for mentioned, Run DMC, LL Cool J, you know. We interviewed a lot of people. For everybody that don't know, in those days, that's how you broke a record. College yeah, radio, there without question. College radio broke records because, do you remember when uh, BLS was like no no rap music and then Kiss was like no rap music? It's oh, music. yeah, man. They didn't they didn't want to play none of that before stuff, Magic, man. Matter of fact. Or Cool DJ Red Alert and all that. They wasn't playing none of that. Mm-hmm. No, if you, if you didn't hear it on the mix shows or on the weekend, you didn't hear you didn't hear any hip hop music, man. I mean, yeah, at all. I remember times myself and Dre, we DJed at college parties, and the people that hired us to DJ the parties didn't want to hear any MC. Oh wow! And specifically, gave us contracts that said you do not play rap music or we will shut you down. Oh, and this wow. is a, this is when rap music was growing when it was a right. big deal, you know. Run DMC, Rick and all of that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. what they wanted, and they wanted to hear like the dance kind of music, like Gwen Guthrie, you know, Shannon. Yeah, yeah. You know. That's, that's what was popular then, you yeah, know. Absolutely. So yeah, so that's that's where we were, man. I mean, and and that was a great time in our lives, man. I mean, where everything was really simple, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it and it wasn't about the money; it was just about the not- the notoriety and. You know what you had to, what you offered, what you brought to the table. You what know? do you remember about um, recording your first album, and, and what was your name before? Were you always T Money? What was your name? No, 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 bro. I was never. I was. I was a couple of things. I was um, Mac Daddy, right? Okay. Um, I, I'm still Mac Daddy to a degree. That's part of my, you know, T Money persona. But I was cool. My last name is Kelsey, so they, you know, and everybody in school would call me Kels. Right abbreviated because of you know because of you know be playing football and, and right. sports they go hey Kels what's up Kels hey Kels so I would call myself cool Kels T okay <laughs> really corny right cool Kels T so that was ADT I can't hey <laughs> that was real corny but I, I, I let it rock and then later um a, a, a friend of mine his name was um his name was Money I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, back then, nobody named himself Money. You know, they, they named him so he named himself Money because of his athletic prowess. Once again, back to me being an athlete, right? So I was right. like, oh, shoot, I'm going to name myself Money then because I'm not digging this cool Kels T because that's not really getting me chicks. So <laughs> I, think, I think T Money would work. So I made it happen from there. Okay, this is before Original Concept? Um, yeah, T Money came before Original Concept. Yeah. Okay, so, what, so what, what do you remember? Okay, so I got you and Dre. Where did the two uh, other guys from Original Concept come from? Well, um, let me first start with um, DJ Easy G Rockwell. Um, Gary, we need as we, when we were DJing as a DJ group, Gary came aboard because we we thought we needed another DJ in our crew. Okay, and everybody had a different skill set. Okay, which was really cool about our group. Um, you know, um, Dre did blends and stuff really well. You know, I rocked the crowd in a different way. And then Easy G was a master at scratching and all these tricks. He was a trick DJ, right? Okay. So, I mean, everybody could actually DJ a club, but still in the same. Everybody had their, their, their you know, preferred skill set. So what happened was in 1980, I believe it was a 1984 New Music Seminar. Are you familiar with the New Music Seminar? Absolutely. Right? Um, I took Gary, me and Gary took the train out there. He was a contestant in the DJ battle. Right? right, and he and he won the '84 New Music Seminar DJ contest. He became like 
you know, this this great DJ with everybody giving him recognition as to how he DJed and everything. So he joined Original Concept soon thereafter, right? Okay. And easy, and then Rapidly got, got on in, in regards to what we were trying to do because when we signed the deal, I was a rapper, but I, you know, my, my thing was, I was more of a, you know, like a Dr. Dre from the West Coast. I was a DJ really, but I rapped, but you know, we felt we needed a real MC. So okay. we knew this guy from around the way, his name was Gerald Gray, you know, AKA Rapper G, right? So we put him in a group, you know, and then we formulated the group from there. Okay. Yeah, so we can make great records. We figured we could do good records if we have a lot of people that were on board to be able to write and produce. So we all, we all contributed. Did y'all do all the uh, writing and producing yourselves? Um, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, Rick helped us in the beginning. Um, as it relates to producing, but after that, we did a lot of that stuff ourselves. I mean, we and then we had a, we had a good engineer by the name of Kenny Kenny Wallace, um, and he was great, man. He helped us. I mean, at, early on, we um, we didn't know how to use a lot of the equipment, you know, because back then, you know, you you weren't a master of programming back then. You know, you would let you, most of your engi your engineers did all the programming for you, okay. Right. Um, they would sit down and you would tell them, okay, this is what I wanted to sound like. This is how I wanted to go. This is how, you know, um, until you, until later on, me and Dre became proficient at producing. Right. That's when we started programming. But early on, you know, we had Kenny and Kenny was a great engineer. Kenny, we had Steve Vett. Um, Steve Vett was great. Steve Vett. Um, so we had great engineers. Huh? Steve Vett is a legend when it comes yeah, to Yeah, Steve Vett was, uh, he was the most incredible person, man. He made, I remember the day, when me and Dre went to Chung King and um, the other record called Hit It Run by Run DMC. Yes, absolutely. Steve Ed worked on that record and that's the first time I realized how ill Steve Ed was. You know, I mean, if, 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 if you go into a studio and you see an engineer, you don't pay much mind to the fact that he has to be as proficient as the producer. Absolutely. Most people don't pay attention to the engineer. Or even but more Steve, so. Right, but Steve Ed was, so dope. He could been. He could have just been the producer himself. He didn't need. He didn't need anybody's help. Right. He actually cut. Now this is crazy. Ed. So you know about making records. You know the two inch tape. Yeah. Steve Vett was cutting two inch tape. That's bizarre. Yeah, that's really bizarre. Who does? Who does that? You Nobody. know what I know how difficult that is. Nobody. Steve Vett was cutting that, and he was breaking it down. I mean, that was before we had all this electronic equipment. Yeah. To do editing and all that. Steve Vett was doing that. You know, and that was that blew me and Dre's head. That man, you guys, how long did y'all stay at Def Jam as a group? And when did it end? And how did it um, end? We put out our album in, um, I think we put out our album in 80, 88. We were at Def Jam. We were at Def Jam about five or six years. You know, we're Original Concept is one of the original five art groups from Def Jam, you know. Really? It was, uh, it was us, Teela Rock, um, Junkyard Band, Beastie Boys, and Original Concept. Oh, and LL Cool J. And LL Cool J. Yeah. Wow. That's the original five signed, signed to Def Jam. Mm-hmm. The original five. Why, when did it end and why did it end? Wow. Were we I already mean, on Yo when it ended? What happened? Were we already on Yo MTV Raps when, when it ended? Did no. That, well, it? we got on Yo after that. Okay. Uh, our, our life on um, Def Jam ended um, around 88 when okay. the album was out. Um, we toured. We went on. The, we took Queen Latifah out on her first tour with DJ Mark. Mm -hmm. um, that was the only tour we went on. Okay. Um, yeah. it, it ended because I think Russell didn't think we had another single. Okay. Um, and so me and Dre moved on from that. We uh, and then Dre started DJing for the Beasties. 
Right. And after that, um, we landed Yo. So, so did you think, what were you ready to release from the first album for your second single? Well, we released um, Knowledge Me. We released Can You Feel It. Yeah, Can You Feel It was so freaking good. Right. Then we, then we actually released Pump That Bass, but they, they didn't think after Pump That Bass we had another single. So, you know, it, and it, it went on back and forth. And then we were looking to have Def Jam give us money, more money, because at that time, I mean, you, you know, if you go to, a lot of times you go to the label CEO and they'll talk to them and say, listen, can you give us some money to go back to the studio? We make another single. We can make something more current. But they weren't being flexible with us. I mean, they, they did it for Chuck. You know, right. they gave, you know, Chuck was able to actually go back into the studio because he did, because when he released Yo Bum Rush the show, right? Mm -hmm. He came up with his a single, Rebel wasn't out yet. He made Rebel separate from his his regular recording budget. It was something totally different. Oh, wow. Yeah, Rebel out of Portland would make, Chuck enough. was like, he went out on tour, he saw what was out there, and he said, okay, I got to make a new record. I got to make something different, you know, because Yo Bum Rush the show didn't do the numbers he expected it to, or they expected it to. Right. They had a chance to you know, regroup, but Def Jam didn't give us, myself and Dre, the opportunity to do that. Wow. So, so you guys got released, and then 1989 rolls around, and Ted Demi has the foresight to stick me and Dre together and create mm -hmm. a daily show called Young TV Raps Today. No question. Right? When do, mm -hmm. do, when do you remember coming on Young TV Raps? Well, we had, it wasn't when we was a half an hour, right? You, you came on when we was an hour. Yeah, we we just got. First of all, you know I was there from the very beginning. Anyway, I was yeah. I just wasn't on. Yeah, but, I want you to tell a story, bro. About yeah, I'm telling it there. So, uh, just so you know, I was on. I was there from the very beginning. But it's when we first got an hour, and we needed the mail to be read, right? Because Ted was like, we getting getting all this fan mail, so we need the mail to be read. But I think my coming out party was when I did the real Michael Jackson for the first time. <laughs> That was the most hilarious shit. Uh, can I curse on this thing? Yeah, that was the most hilarious shit ever. <laughs> and I, none, of you know, none of you knew I was coming out with that. No, no, no. I came from back then. You was like, what in the world? <laughs> that was hilarious, B. And that, that set the stage for us actually as, as, as a show to be different yeah. than everybody else's shows. I mean, then you started coming out with characters. You did Barney. You know, you did... You know, you did that. I watched somebody posted the thing when Wu Tang came on. When you when you were Master Wu, Master, you know, they were mad at the moment. Yo, they periwinkle. You know, you know, you look back at Master Wu. I saw that the other day, and I look back at, at at Master Wu, and they did not think that shit was funny at all. No, no, they actually. I, <laughs> I didn't know that they took the Wu Tang shit so seriously. It was not playing. They was like, oh, you trying to be funny now? Yeah, they thought I was trying to be disrespectful for a minute. Uh, but I found it hilarious, real talk. So <laughs> that in itself, I mean, you, you know, you had a lot of critics talking in regards to, you know, whether or not we were um, doing things that made us look silly or whatever. But I, we had, at that time, I mean, and maybe you can um, you can concur, that we, we had a great time. We were just having fun on the show. We were doing things that, you know, we found entertaining and everybody gravitated towards that because they watched that show and it wasn't just about the videos. I mean, I think somebody made a comment about us at one time and said, um, the videos are the stars of the show, not you guys. Mm. You know, I, I still to this day beg to differ because I think that, you know, we made it really special. 
Yeah, absolutely. We we were the stars of the show, more so than the videos, and especially later on. Well, I can say when we first started at that half an hour slot, the videos were the stars of the show. Oh, yeah, early on. Yeah. Early on, because there really wasn't any other place to get it but your own TV rights, and that's early, right. you know, March 88. But once we went to an hour, you found that when you was doing the mail at first, when you was reading the mail, it wasn't mostly people talking about the videos that we were playing. It was no, no, no. You know what Ed and Dre were doing down there, and how much fun they were having, like watching, you know, Bill and Ted or somebody, you know, or somebody like that, or any great comedy duo. You finding watching two people in the basement of right. their crib, mm -hmm. you know, showing videos in the, in the way. And, 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 and to be honest with you, Ed, I mean. Early on, I mean, you were one hundred percent correct. The videos were the stars, because, but I mean, you were just getting your feet wet at that time. I mean, what what are you to expect? You were just right. getting your feet wet, and MTV at that time was it was it was breaking ground. It was breaking ground. Well, when the show matured, man, when the show matured, it was so it was so great. Like you know, it was different. You know, I mean, and I can say it was different because you know, obviously, I'm a bit biased, but um, I can say it was great because it wasn't just like okay. We're here. We're gonna lead the videos. Okay, you know, here's Gangstar. You know, here's Tricode Quest. Thank you very much. No, we we have. You know, it looked like, and I can attest, it looked like we had fun. We enjoyed yeah. what we did. We had fun with all these people that came on the show, yeah. and our guest list was extremely diverse at the time. Right. You know, I yeah. mean, you saw Mel Gibson on our show. You you know, you saw Shaq on our show. You saw you saw the the, the greatest rappers of of the time on our show. You right. know, and then we had. Um, all these um, recording artists from different states. You know, it wasn't just like, you know, pigeonholed in New York or Jersey or yeah. Connecticut, you know? You know, we have, you know, you have Snoop on, you have, you have Ice, Ice Cube on, you have Ice-T on the show. Remember Ice-T on the show, came on the show with, yeah. and, and you know, played, played the gangster and tied everybody up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Bill Cosby. Had, had, we had kidnapped Darlene, and we had Darlene yeah. come out first, yeah, and then man. Ice came later on yeah, for so, Darlene. Yeah. So those, those those are times that um, I, I tend to believe that a lot of people uh, appreciate it, you know, and, and you know, it was it was just great for uh, the culture overall. You know what I mean? Well, we at we 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 at a period right now um, in my life, and absolutely because of something that you started, that the nine hundred number cannot be played without people turning around looking mm. at you and asking me yeah. to do that love right. I, I wanted to ask you how do, do As people I said earlier, walk around town? Yeah, as I said earlier in this podcast, this is the man that invented the Ed Lover dance. Where did mm. that come from, bro? You well, let me tell you. Does anybody? Let me tell you the whole story. Okay. You talked about doing a dance, right? Ooh. That's what we had a conversation about. This is between you and me. It was a great time. So we, you you were talking about doing a dance, and you and you were showing me a dance. And I'm laughing at you because I'm like, what? So what kind of dance is that? But I thought it was cool that you wanted to do a dance. I said, I said, what are we gonna do? We're gonna do we do the dance, and he was like, "Well, I'm only gonna do it once." Remember you said that? You said, "I'm only gonna do this dance one time." I said, "No, no, no, no. If you're gonna do the dance, you need to do it once a week, every week, so right. everybody can see it, right?" And you wanted the 900 number. You thought that because Dre was playing that, and you said, "Okay, I can dance off of that." So that's how this whole thing transpired. And I was like, "Listen, Ed, you got to do this every week, bro. Cause this is your thing." You know, because you were going to give it up. You were like, well, I'll just do it today and make a joke yeah. of it. But no, 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 no. The 900 number is official. It's the Ed Lover Dance, world-renowned, and it's stuck. 
Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And we that did this all over the country. Pop, that, that pop the hips twice to the right, pop the hips twice to the left, one time, one <laughs> yeah. time. Stuck like a motherfucker, bro. Right, right, right. And, and you know what I thought of? You know, you ever see, uh, you, you know the football player Ray Lewis, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ray Lewis does the dance that his uncle actually taught him, right? When they right. come, come out of the tunnel and do this crazy dance. And I'm saying to myself, dances always win. Yeah. So back then I said, this is why I wanted you to do it every week. I know dances always win, you yeah. know? You know, that's, they're like, you know, they're like, when you promote something, they're like t-shirts. They're like, you know, there's like things that never go out of style regardless. Right. So, it, you know, like the Bismarck. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like the, like the peewee dance, like right. whatever, whatever it is. Like Soldier Boy, you know what I mean? There you go, there you go. Top slide, bro. People, they still, yeah. they, they do that dance. Somebody sent me a, a video of them at, on a private jet, man, and, and they had the pilot and everybody. They stand in front of the jet and they all doing the Ed Lover dance to the music. I was like, Wow. wow. All these years later, it still, it still resonates with, with a lot of people. The only regret I ever had is that I let DJ Cool get to let me clear my throat before we thought about it. Oh, we should have did that record. That should have been us. That, wow. that, that should have been us. We, we did our album. album. It been all over. Right. We should have used yeah. that, that beat. You got mm -hmm. the Humpty Hump. I mean, you got dancers like that that are just, and, and you know, I'm proud to say because of you, man, and because of your influence and, and really pushing me towards doing this thing and coming up with the steps, man. That thing is something that will follow me for the rest of my life. And it's cool. Yeah, which is, which is a good thing. And we, and we actually, remember we toured, we were on a road, we were on the college yeah. tours, and we, and, we, and we had people come up and do this whole thing. I yeah. mean, we, we should, maybe we should think about doing it again on Certified. Maybe we should. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we should do the Ed Lover Dance Contest on, or give me one of your fondest memories of your own TV raps. Wow, besides um, the real Michael Jackson, which was, wow, which was unbelievable for me. Um, when I did the Nubianator, that was hilarious too. <laughs> I will never forget that day, because you laughed so hard, you fell on the floor, you know? I used to love coming on, yes, I would create these characters at home. I would create them at home, and if I bust out laughing, I knew somebody would find it funny. You understand? It, it wasn't like rocket science. It was like, okay, let me figure out you know, I do low-level Joe. I do, you know, I do the Nubianator. I do, you know, all these characters, right? Right. I go home, I say, okay, let me find out what kind of stupid clothes I can put on. Like those sweatpants I had on the, on, right. on the other character, right? So I knew when I did that, right? And, and uh, the help of Kenny Buford, because Kenny Buford helped me with some of the costuming on that, on that particular character. Shout out to Kenny Buford. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out to Kenny Buford. But, um... Yeah, the Nubian lady was crazy. So when I came out, you looked at me like, what in the world is going on here? You passed, like you fell out on camera. I think we have <laughs> the bumper. You was laughing on the bumper and fell out on camera. Right. So we, yeah, had, but, we had a good time, bro. I, somebody sent me a video the other day, and I don't know if you saw it. I, I might have forwarded it to you of you doing Malcolm Brady, one of the Brady Bunch. Oh, yeah, man. One that was told, out of here. You told me they went. Yeah, that, oh, was, that was that was the Grand K. You was like, do you remember the Grand K episode? I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That, they left me out there. They left me out there, kid. <laughs> no, the kind the kind Woo. of stuff that you was doing back then, man, and that we were doing it was it was almost like we were doing sketch comedy, but it was it was pre Martin because Martin would come up with all these characters and he wouldn't let them see whatever no, he was coming it was out. It was definitely pre Martin because keep in mind, Kenny Buford left. Yeah, us and the work for Martin, you know. Yes, so, he did. Um, yes, he did. Know, pre Martin, and pre director and writer, and everything, and a producer. 
on right, the right. show. You know, so we were doing that stuff way before then. Favorite guest, bro? Whoa, my favorite guest. Let me think about this one. My favorite guest, my favorite guest might be, I would say Notorious. Uh -huh. Notorious B.I.G. was my favorite guest. Yeah, Biggie was about, my favorite. How about the week we spent with James Brown, when we had James Brown on the show? Oh, wow. They, that James Brown episode was ill, because remember we were talking to him off camera? Yeah. And some of the things that he was telling us were coming to pass now, in regards yeah. to the music industry and everything else. Yeah. James Brown was ahead of his time, always. And I, you know, that episode was out of control. And, and the anyway. fact that, and the fact that, you can look back at, at it and see you and I actually dancing with James Brown. Dancing with James Brown. And you, you broke it down and then I jumped in and broke it down and did the Ed Lover dance and then James broke it down. And, and he did the Ed Lover dance. Yes. And I, one thing I can say about that, that whole week worth of shows that we did with James Brown, he let us call him James. Everybody else had to call him Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. That? That's right. That's yep. sure did. And he That's let right. us call him James. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, we got the godfather soul, the man who beats uh, pretty much the backbone of hip hop on this damn show for, for a whole week of the godfather, man. James yeah, James Brown, James Brown un unquestionably was um, probably my, one of my top three. I, I, loved the, I, loved the, I loved the Notorious uh, episodes because, you know, because of his passing, um, yeah. you know, and how, how he came on. And he was, it, was, it was rare that he was on our show because he did fab a lot. Yeah. That show twice, I believe, you know? Yeah. So it was yeah. rare to have Notorious B.I.G. on our show, too. Because we were, we were deemed a studio show, and then we right. just we kept on Ted so much that they finally let us go out. Do you, go. Do you remember Easy es Wet and Wild Pool Parties in L.A.? Oh, you know, when the movie came out, when the movie came out, I started um, posting some of the actual pictures. Yeah. Were, Are you kidding me? You were actually there? I said, yeah, I was there, you know? Uh -huh. um, and those those parties were off the hook. They were crazy. Um, we had great fun there. I remember uh, meeting Warren G there because Warren G was there um, and a couple other people that were down with um, Dre and them at the time. Um, God bless my man Stretch. Stretch was there with us. Yeah, and Todd, you know, and yeah. Todd one. God bless him there. The memory of Todd and Ted. And, and Ted, oh yeah, and Ted, no question. And yeah. Darty. If it wasn't for them two. They we got on the map in such a major way because of Ted Demi and Peter Darty. You know what I mean? Yeah, God bless them, man. Let me tell you, up until uh, up until the end for Peter, he was still doing stuff for us. Remember, he put us in this magazine. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he put us in this magazine two weeks before his passing. Um, and you know, he was just always looking out to do things for us and you know help us help the Ed Lover, Dr. Dre, and T Money brand. You know, to expand and. You know, him and Ted were great people, man. I mean, I remember when um, I, you know, when I got on and I sat with Ted in his office and he talked to me in regards to me being part of the show and he welcomed me aboard with open arms and he thought that what I was doing was really funny and, you know, gave the show a dimension, I mean, a different dimension. And these are things that came out of his mouth. He was telling me this, you know, so. Right. Um, and so it, it was, you know, it was just great, man. And I felt welcomed, you know, um, I felt like I earned my my spot here. You understand? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, no, but sometimes you know people think like, well, you know, he he didn't earn his place, but I I truly did. You know, and Ted made that clear to me. You know, yeah, so you absolutely um, earned your place on the show, and yeah. we we would be remiss if we didn't um, we didn't shout out our brother who just passed, Ozzy Smalls. We got shout Ozzy out. You know oh I mean? man, 
yeah, man. hit you uh -huh. hard in the heart. You grew up around Ozzy, been around Ozzy so, so many more years than I have, man. But Yeah, well, Ozzy, Ozzy was a good brother, man. I mean, he was always, you always, sometimes you have people in life that are always um, interested in helping you regardless of the situation. He, has a, he had a very good heart. You can always call Ozzy at any time of night, any time of the night, any day, say, Ozzy, I need you to do this, that, and the third. If he, if he couldn't do it, he would put you on to somebody that actually could. Mm. You know, and those are genuine people, you know, and Ozzy was always that type of guy, you know, um, and, you know, I'll, I'll miss him, you know, because now to this day, you know, I, you know, I'm doing my business, I'm, you know, I'm looking, and sometimes I look to call Ozzy to ask him if he knows X, Y, and Z, and I, I'm, I'm just like remembering the fact that he's not here, and it's, it's really sad, and he, and he died young, man, he died, he died young, man, so stay in shape, man, you yeah. know, take care of yourself. You know, because yeah, um, you never know what you know how much time that we have here on this earth at all. You just you just yeah. never know. Let's talk about your business, man. Let's talk about T four fifty. Tell me when did it start? It what it's all about. Let the audience know, man. Well, T four fifty was a um, was a idea I had for many years. I once I got off yo and um and you and Dre moved to California, I started working and doing marketing because I remember I when I went to college, I, I went to college for um, television and film initially. Um, so I, I worked with a company called Passard Brothers, um, one of the biggest black marketing companies in New York City at the time. Right. And I, I learned the marketing trade. Um, I knew a little about it, but I didn't know much. So I learned the marketing trade through them. I learned how to do events. I learned how to uh, acquire clients, um, alcohol clients in particular. Um, and so from there, um, once they moved on to California, I, um, I started doing street promotions with a company called Drive-By Mobile. Um, we did all the major labels. We did all the Rough Riders, all the Rough Riders tours and everything else. So I learned promotions and marketing in a few years from those two companies. And in 2012, I started my own company called T450 Style and Launch. It was originally called TM Media Works, but I changed the name because um, there's somebody else that had that name. So, okay. so T450 Style and Launch. So I started working and um putting together um, events. You know, I, I work with doing a lot of stuff during Fashion Week every year. Um, this year coming up, we're gonna be doing the Super Bowl. I've acquired a few clients, um, called, one's called um, the Pinot Project, it's a subsidiary of Pinot Noir. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we, we're doing a lot of things. We're in, and we're gonna be doing, as you well know, we're gonna be working together, putting together certified. Certified's gonna happen. We're doing That's films true. through my, from my, uh, my partners. Um, Old House Productions, which is Ian Holt and Michael Alden. So we're doing a lot of things. We, we, so we do right now, we're doing marketing, promotions, and special entertainment projects, film and television. So we're doing our thing. So I'm very proud of that. And that's something that you started way back in, in 2012, and now you're watching it all just unravel beautifully in front of you, bro. Yeah. It happens. You know, some people don't understand that, you know, when they say overnight success is never overnight. It's usually, you know, you having to do this for at least 10 years or more, you know, so right. it's starting to come to flourish now. And, um, you know, I'm very proud of it. I, I am, you know, it's something that I did on my own. Um, and I had a great, I had help from a lot of people, but, you know, it's, when it's your company, you know, you take pride in doing these things, you know? Yeah. You know, one of my, dis my, my biggest disappointments um, is the fact that uh, we didn't get to do another Who's the Man. That's number one. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they act, people act like Who's the Man wasn't a groundbreaking film. Like you'll, you'll see a lot of people's 
um, movies on television all the time, but you rarely see who's the man. And I, I don't know what that is, why, why that is. I don't know the, what people take this movie to be, but tell me about your experience and, and what you feel about what we did. Well, we- I, I, I think, I, to be honest with you, um, I think Who's the Man was a, was a good film. And it, and it did break a lot of ground because of the stars that were in at the time. Right. I mean, and there's so many people. I mean, and you look at other movies. Like, if you look at if you look at Spike Lee movies, you know, you look at Ice Cube movies. You look at these movies, and you see all these. If you look at the stars in the movie, you see, wow, that person was in this movie. This person was in the movie before it became big. This person was in the movie. You could do the same thing with Who's the Man. You could see how many people were in the movie that were uh, on the verge of being very successful. You could see, you know, um, I think when we went to me and you went, and Dre went to, um, was it the premiere or what, we, where were we when we, uh, I think we saw, we watched Who's the Man, it was a, it was a reboot, we were watching Who's the Man in Brooklyn a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 because, because of our boy, he's one of his yeah. favorite films out there. Right, so repeat this, remember we had a conversation, I don't mean to sound morbid, but remember we had a conversation about how many people were in the movie who had passed? Yeah. It was it, it was kind of telling. It was like wow, man, and, and all these people were successful in their own way. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, you got you got Jam Master Jay was in the movie. Mm-hmm. You got um, Bernie Mac was in the Bernie movie. Mac in the movie. You got Todd One was in the movie. Todd was in the movie. You got um, Daddy Mac, Mac Daddy from Crisscross was in that movie. You got mm-hmm. it's just I, I had it all written down at one point, but it's it's a lot. It's it's over nine. It's over nine. It's Tupac Tupac was in the movie. You know. Yeah. You know, so you got you got a lot of people that was in that movie. Stretch was in the movie. Real That's quick, we're doing the scene with KRS One. Apache was with you. Mm-hmm. In the movie. That's right. Guru mm-hmm. was in the movie. You know, right. so you have you have a, a whole lot of people within that movie, man. And so Ted reason, directed it. And Ted, and Ted, no question. Yeah. Right. But it, the movie was it, it was groundbreaking for a couple of reasons. Well, first off, it was groundbreaking because obviously you know because of the stars that were in the movie. Um, it was groundbreaking because at that time you didn't have a lot of movies of that of that magnitude, right? That had that many that had that many rap stars or people from music or or, or the hip hop culture in the movie. So it was groundbreaking for that period, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they that we haven't been able to do another one is is kind of telling. But if we keep talking it up, maybe we can make this happen. You know what I mean? So let's um let's keep um our eyes, ears, and our hearts open for maybe actually making this happen sometime in the future. Yeah, okay. absolutely, absolutely. Bro, we uh, talked a lot about the early days of Young TV Raps and, and about who's the man. What do you think certified is going to be? And that's the reason why I keep my background up. You saw I was on Windy City Live the other day, yesterday, and I had to back Well, that was great. <laughs> that was great, bro. That was like, I was like, I love wearing the FUBU hat, the Gap commercial, right? I was like, <laughs> I know everybody was like, what is that certified? Well, yeah, well that's dope, man. Yeah, man. Psyche, you know what I mean? What are you, what are you hoping from, from certified? Well, I hope, um, and we're working um, diligently in regards to putting certified together, but certified is going to be um, also groundbreaking as it, as it is because there's, there's no, I mean, you have a lot of people out there right now trying to do um, shows due to the fact that we had COVID. COVID actually gave us a new way of life. We yeah. have to now do things like we're doing now. We're, we're doing this, you know, we're doing this via Zoom. Okay, gave Zoom its whole platform because people can actually 
conduct meetings and do shows and everything else from where, where, wherever they are, right? So now there are a lot of shows that popped up that are going to be kind of similar to certified. You know, I hate to say it, but what makes certified different than what everybody else is doing is the fact that us three are going to be doing it. And then our, our lineage, you know, on TV raps, we were the CNN of hip hop at the time. Mm. And we're going to be the CNN of what's going on now because there is no central hub for any artist, any platform right. at all out there for us to actually go to. If there's something going on in hip hop, you don't, you don't go to one particular place. Right. You know, because I mean, there is a lot of, a lot, I mean, of blogs, a lot of websites, a lot of everything. Right. But that doesn't matter. If you know, if it's something that's really important, we were always able to actually, or you can always able to tune in to us. You know, what was going on with Tupac, you can tune in to us. What was going in on with any racial issues, you can tune in to us on yo. It's gonna be the same thing now. You know, any political issues, we're gonna be talking politics, we're gonna be talking music, anything, we're gonna be talking everything on certified. So stay tuned for that because certified is gonna be groundbreaking as well. It's gonna be different. It's not gonna be what you expect, okay? And um, I'm very excited about the prospect of us making this happen. I mean, let me tell you something. Let me tell you one thing. If I bet on anybody, I can bet on myself. And I know for an actual fact <laughs> that we're going to be all right, man. You know, because we, we got together just, you know, just to let your viewing audience know. We got together to do, to do Certified. And, you know, speaking from a, a production um, perspective, I was always wondering, and my, you know, myself, Ian and Michael were wondering, how our chemistry would be on on screen. Right. As soon as we got on, it was like we were back in 1992. Yeah. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. Our chemistry was official. So I'm thinking as we go forward with Certified, the same energy that we had in 92, it's going to be the same energy we have in 2020, 2021 moving forward. Because I think that this is something that we can do for the next 10 years or more. Absolutely, you know? and we grown ass men too. So, so and, yeah, and we and we all have opinions, and we're opinionated, and we have things to say. You know, absolutely. And uh, we, intelligent, we intelligent, certified in this business at this point. Right, right. Absolutely certified. Did you hear a couple of years about back that they was taking, uh, talking about bringing back your own TV raps, but not our your own TV raps, but a, a new version of your own TV raps? On yeah, they did. They did bring it back. They brought it back. Um, it's overseas. Um, I believe it's something that um, Jen Demi was working on. Okay. Um, I'm not too sure if they're still doing it. That's but right. I know time when we did our, our 30th anniversary concert, they were actually talking about doing it then. Right. So, um, and I don't know how successful it was, but I, I tell you that, um, you know, I'm, I, again, I am partial to our show, obviously. And I, I just don't know if, if, if it resonated with as many people as I always did, and I don't, I just don't, don't know why they use. They gotta go. They gotta go a whole different direction, man. They gotta, but, you know, they gotta do more fab style if they do another your own TV raps. I know. Yeah, well, that might be better instead of doing it in studio. Just talking about Charlemagne hosting it, and that's the that's the route. Charlemagne is more like fab. They gotta go that cool, just laid back interview type of show, cause. Mm. I don't think they're going to find three knuckleheads again the way they found us, man. <laughs> and, and, and we were fresh, and we weren't established. And that's, right. that's one thing that made it cool about us. I mean, you guys had some success with 
which I was doing the original concept. I tasted a little bit with, with No Face. We had No Face mm-hmm. records over there, you know, REL, Rush Associated labels, and we had put out Bitches with Problems and all of that stuff. Right, right, right. You know, to the television audience and to the world, we were three brand new dudes, and we mm-hmm. loved and adored the music, and we never thought we were bigger than the artists that came on the show. Oh, I'm no, never. Act a fool, have a good time, and showcase that artist. That's that's what we were there for. And I'm afraid right. now when you look at some of these guys that are out there and they're in the media, they're always trying to be bigger than the actual artist. Right. It's all because it's all about their profile. It's all about them becoming a star too. It's never about them being humble. It's not the humble energy that we train that we right. that we you know we made it clear to everybody else when they came on our show. Let me tell you something. Coming on your own TV raps, um but sort of like you go into your friend's house. Yeah. You know, so you know your friend you haven't seen in a while, you know, he's gonna embrace you. Hey, what's up, my dude? Oh, yo, what's right. up? What's up? Come on in and have a drink. Come on, hang out. Right? That's the energy that we admitted. You know what I'm right. saying? So everybody came and they got comfortable. They used to sit in the chairs, stand by Dre as he DJed. They even performed. Everybody was comfortable. Even people who weren't part of the culture, the actors, actresses, um, talking Jada Pinkett, we're talking all these other people that came on the show, right? right? Um, John Singleton, you know, mad people. They became comfortable. They would, I, I never had a person that was on the show that felt totally uncomfortable, like, you know, or, or it looked like when you were watching it, the, you know, the perception of it looked like, okay, I'm, I'm Ed Lover or I'm Team Money and, oh, this is just um, this person. You know, we were always humble and, you know, gracious and, you know, enjoy, you know, having fun with the people who came on, you know, even we were even, we even joked with them. Yeah, you know? oh, because for, for me and, and and Dre and for you, it was like, for me especially, it was like, oh shit, like, this, I'm fucking talking and laughing and snapping with Chuck D, you know, for Chuck D. This, this dude, right. I had, I had rubber without a pause on a 90 minute cassette on both sides, you know what oh, I mean? I walked around listening to that shit like Radio Raheem, all day. You, <laughs> so, you know, for me to meet Kane and, and Rakim, I was in awe, man. So I think yeah, my, my defense for, for not stuttering to make jokes and, and try to have as much as a good time that I can to throw some real questions in there, but we just wanted to have a good time because we are fans of the music and fans of the artists. And, and, and that's genuine. And people, when they watch that, they know it's genuine. They know that we're not just fans of the music, we're, we're part of the culture. We're, we, 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 we came up in this. The same thing that's, that's going to happen soon with Certified. People right. understand who we are. They understand the, our validity. They understand the fact that we're part of the culture. And, and when we speak about certain things, we're not speaking from a, 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 a platform that, that's not related to the culture. We're speaking from the, what the culture you know, what the culture expects us to say. You understand? Yeah. They, they, this is what it is. This is how we, we, we radiate that energy. That's the energy. Trust, that we and, and we have that trust. Yeah, we without trust. question. We, we're not saying nothing just for fucking likes. You know what I mean? We say yeah, yeah. We mean yeah, yeah. it. You can't do that. It is. You know? It's us, it's us 110%. Bro, it's, exactly. it's a pleasure, man. I thank you so much for, for coming on my podcast today, man. And, and hollering at me and giving people a lot of history, a lot of stuff that they might not have known. I really right. appreciate that, bro. I appreciate you, brother. Always appreciate you, man. I love you, bro. I love it's you real- too, bro. And you know, you're certified, right there, I'm certified, you know? Dre certified. 
And we definitely mm-hmm. got we got to do a part two on this because we could do a whole episode talking about the debauchery of the Easy E pool parties. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, yeah, we, I didn't get deep into it, man. It's too many things. You know what I mean? We, 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 we talk about, about how Marlo caught me in the, in the hot tub with the other girl. You know? <laughs> we, see, we can't get into all that right now. We got to talk about that part, that's part two stuff, bro. You know? Oh, yeah. We a whole, we a whole some of the wild road stories and all that for part two. Oh, right? man. I got, I got plenty. But when Luke, when Luke's, when Luke and um, the two live crew, we were in Detroit and they kicked us out the hotel uh, in the middle of the night. Oh man! See, you got, you remember a lot of shit. I don't remember, T. Okay, I'm telling you. And I went down the hall and they was out of there. And then I came back in my room. I will talk about that later, man. All right. I came back in my room. They knocked on my door. I was in my drawers. Oh, come on, forget about it. We'll talk <laughs> later. Man. All right, T, thank you, bro. All right, brother. Peace out, man. so much, man. Peace out. That man, T Money, joining me right later. here on the podcast, man. It's come on to the podcast. It's a great time, man. I appreciate it. Everybody, man, y'all make sure that y'all Always support T-Money and T-450 launching style. T-Money is my man, always been my man for a long fucking time. And he jumped in and he, and he joined me today. And I super, super, super appreciate it. And I guarantee you, we will do part two. We'll, we'll do part two after I have Dre on. So I'm going to have Dre on the podcast. And then we'll, be, we'll do part two. And it'll be all three of us together. And I'll call it Wild Stories. And now to be about the end of that, man. And that's a, that's exactly how I do it, man. Y'all stick around when I come back, man. I got my cupboard side for the week where I rant, rave, and lose my damn mind. It's come on, son, the podcast. Hey, y'all, I'm back. It's Ed Lovell. Come on, son, the podcast. It's time for my come on, son of the week. First of all, come on, son, goes out to the NFL. NFL, y'all said a whole bunch of shit behind Black Lives Matter. When y'all going to do something? Come on, son. We've been waiting for you to do something. Now you have to have incentives attached to some new rules. You're giving people draft picks if they hire black coaches. How can 75% of the league be black and only 4 to 3% be black coaches in any capacity? And I'm not just talking about head coaches. I'm talking about offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. How is somebody's son getting a job, but dudes that have played this game for a long time don't get a job. And the same thing goes for the NBA. Come on, son. I know y'all just hired Silas as a new head coach of, of, the, of, of Houston, right? But why did it take 20 years? Why, why does Mike D'Antoni keep getting jobs and he keep fucking up jobs, but we are held to a higher standard when we get a head coaching job or a manager's job or any other kind of job? We play these games, but we're not smart enough to coach these games or be general managers and shit like that? Come on, son. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. And while I'm on the bullshit mode, Donald J. Trump. Concede, bro. Concede. You are wasting the American people's time. You're making a mockery of the election. We all voted. You lost. Fan square. Come on, son. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Get out of here, man. You, you, you really fucking this whole shit up. You're making this country look dumb like you haven't done that for the last four years. You're a one-term president. Get used to it. That's the way it is. All of this beefing and lawsuits and all that shit is just straight bullshit, Donald Trump. Come on, son. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Why do we have to sit back every day and still look at you in the newspaper? And while you're at it, before you walk out the White House, 
make sure you take former President Barack Obama's picture and hang it on that wall like you should have did a long time ago. And sit down and be a man with Joe Biden. And let's make sure that this transition to president, from president to president goes smoothly. All you want to do is ruffle feathers and ruffle people's feathers and all these ignorant ass people out here that's still listening to you on this bullshit want to talk about race war. Like, come on, son. Nobody wants that. And let me tell y'all a little motherfucking militias and all of that shit about this race war shit that y'all keep talking about. You good in the wood, we good in the hood. You feel me on that? We good in the hood. We not coming to you. You got to come to us. And when you do, you are in for an unpleasant fucking surprise. Come on, son. Nobody wants that. We want to live peacefully. We all just want to live peacefully. So Donald Trump, as one-time leader of the free world, why can't you just go away quietly before you start some shit that America may never be able to recover from? Come on, son. You know it's time to go. Take Melania, take Barron, take Jared Kushner, take Mitch McConnell, take all of that. Take Rudy Giuliani, all of them. And just go ahead, bro. And if you want to run again in 2024, then so be it. But for right now, from, night, from 2020 to 2024, you are no longer the president of the United States of America. The American people have spoken, son. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that. What you thinking about, man? And my man 50 Grand out there, who spoke on King Von's death, and was like, don't come here for all of that. I'm not even, I ain't going to say your name, bro. You're OG. You was wrong, bro. Apologize, bro, because you was wrong. That should have never even came out of your mouth. We have a mayor of Atlanta. Her name is Keisha. You're not the mayor. Stop thinking that you run everything that goes on in this city, bro. I never thought I ran New York City and you don't run Atlanta. Okay? That, that was not an OG move. You should have never said that, bro. Sometimes you got to think before you talk. And you're a smart dude. That's why I'm not putting your name out there. And you know... My love for you is unlimitless in my heart, but when you right is right and was wrong is wrong. The kid was trying to get his life together. Nobody comes anywhere to get killed. And hopefully nobody comes anywhere just to commit a murder. But those things happen. And we all know it because we all lost somebody. I lost plenty of people, plenty of people. And it's not because they came to a certain city to get killed. Everybody out there lost plenty of people. You think Biggie wanted to die when he went to L.A.? You think Tupac wanted to die when he went to Vegas? Somebody, suppose somebody said that about Tupac. Somebody, suppose somebody said that about your boy. And you know what I'm talking about, and you know who I'm talking about. Wasn't an OG move, and I was surprised that it came out of your mouth. So you get this. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm Ed Lover. This has been Come On, Son. I'm certified and I approve this message. Till next time, keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and definitely about you on the next episode of Come On, Son. Love y'all. Peace. Come on, son, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is being brought to you by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. No, I'm only playing. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Y'all keep going first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at y'all next week, man. Y'all know what it is. Come on, son.
This episode of Come On Son, the podcast, is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.